What title did I give you? Getting rid of. Getting rid of. We're always trying to get rid of something bugging us. We don't like something. Something arises and we want to get rid of it. And even, uh, even on the path, we want to get rid of. The issue there is not that we should work on that situation, but we tend to do it based on uh, desire rather than on awareness. And that tends to be too soon, too, too impulsive. I need to get rid of that. How am I going to get rid of that? I know, I'll make a plan. I'm going to get rid of something in my nose. <clears throat> Seemed to work for a while. So, you know, it's such a simple situation that it makes it really difficult for us to see. It's something arises. It could be irritation with something we want to get rid of, or it could be some some kind of a jealousy thing, or it could be some could be a, what's commonly called depression. That that negative feeling that you don't know what it is, <laughs> don't know where it came from. And so, I was going to use a source. Oh, why not to? Used to refer to, and this is a this is something I've probably read before because I really like this. This is in the Samyutta Nikaya, or the Collect Connected Discourses of the Buddha. I think it's the third in the five volumes of the Yagamas, or early early uh, talks. And uh, see if I can see it here. A desire. So uh, this is a uh, one uh, chapter one. Uh, I think it's verse sixty nine. Uh, desire. By what is the world bound? By what by the removal of what is it freed? And this is Bhikkhu Bodhi's translation, so uh, a little uh, different than some of the other ones you might run into. What is it that one must forsake to cut off all bondage? And the answer uh, from the, in, in this text, it doesn't say the Buddha and uh, the Deva who asked the question. Uh, but then uh, the Buddha's response to the Deva was, by desire is the world bound, by the removal of desire is it freed, and desire is what one must forsake to cut off all bondage. And you could say, well, yeah, I know that. I knew that. So where, where does the problem come from? What, what, what is it that we're misunderstanding or not seeing when we, we want to fix something or we want to correct something? We, we, cease, we, we notice it, the awareness is there partially, but it doesn't go deep enough. If it went deep enough there then you would uh, you would see what it was. Not separate, but you have to see it. Sometimes the way uh, was it Byron Katie expresses that, the same under similar understanding at least, uh, in her teaching, uh, is, uh, he, she recommends that you should just be willing to be, whatever happens, just say to yourself, I don't care if that ever leaves. So that's, uh, uh, so whatever, is, whatever it is that's arising in your consciousness, you would like to, expunge you would like to get rid of or do away with uh, just just look at that don't because that's that is a more subtle form of desire that keeps us in sin the same or right back to passion aggression things we have the desire to be rid of something and when you have that then you have someone who has the desire and then you have the object that one is trying to get rid of and you're we it's the same uh, same stage play over and over again and even if you've been practicing for decades that this will still appear to you as something that needs to be done. You need to do something about that. And as uh, when I was talking to Unio earlier today, right after the book study, uh, I mentioned something about 
what, what was fixing something, and she says, how many times do we have to hear that? Well, you said something like that. We seem like we hear that over and over again, not only from this person, but from the teachings. It's, Here's how it is. Well, we don't want it. Here's how that we don't want that. We want something else. And that that very motion uh, tends to create things to become cyclic. So, so in your in your relationships, in your your mate, your family, your children, your coworkers, and so on, neighbors, when you notice there's something about anything that you would like to be different than that you would like that to stop or change you'd like them to change or you'd like to change how you feel about what they don't seem to want to change excuse me all of the elaborations that go on just stay in your senses just just be here just be in that experiment a little bit see what it's like to to be fundamentally angry and do nothing with it including express the anger and including uh explain the anger including blame anyone for the anger including shut down or turn away from the anger. Not easy. And without, uh, as you've heard me say so many times, without a really strong awareness practice that is watching what is coming and going, coming and going out of one's causes and conditions or one's karma, without really strengthening that, uh, that ability to be able to just observe, just see it, just see what is happening. So when... Uh, uh, Thanissaro, Thanissaro Bhikkhu, I think, has another translation of this that's, that, should, that uses different words. I won't have that one here. Um, but it's not so much, this gives kind of the impression that you need to get rid of it or something. And it's it's not really the getting rid of that. It's it's more like seeing fundamentally what it is, seeing that it's not separate. And then you're, you're, not, you're not so concerned about whether it comes or goes. The fundamental uh, expression, I should say, of the fundamental understanding is not separate. You asked me recently, what can I come up with some other word rather than not separate? And smush together. I don't care for we're all one because that's something that people with no mind training at all will say that all up all the time. Well, we're all one. Probably not. Can you get rid of something through awareness? So you could, it's a good question. So by being aware of whatever it is that it's happening uh, with you, with your emotions, your feelings, um, your, uh, let's, let's pick out one that you have trouble with, anger, irritation and anger. If you, if you do anything with it, it tends to cycle around for a new uh, identity. It, it tends to, well, I can't describe exactly what it's happening for you, what's happening for you. But if you if you just are just aware of the emotion, here's the emotion of anger coming up and you're not doing anything with it. You're not blaming. Even though someone did something to trigger that, that's the big the stumbling block for ego is that, well, they did it. Of course, I'm going to be mad. Look what they said to me. Look what they did. Look how they disrespected me or look how they didn't keep their commitments. Well, people don't keep their commitments. It's called samsara. I mean, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, but the causes and conditions that arise means you can't depend on this. And so when you're sitting or standing or lying down and you feel that come up, do nothing with it. If you do anything with it, it immediately creates uh, someone who's having uh, an identity of someone who's having that experience. So it seems to be necessary to just, you could say, be with it. I don't particularly care for that. But what I'd rather say is more rather than some kind of a positive thing to, to relate to the negative energy that arises there. Use some of that negative energy of the anger, transmute that energy, to use a tantric expression, 
transmute it, transmute it into it's just energy. Use that energy to just be present. How this feels, how this looks, how this tastes, how this smells. Just be here. I have more to say about that. If you can be aware that when the anger arises of the situation that that is the trigger, without going into any explanation of well, it's this trigger, or 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 that's just a trigger. Don't do that. Don't do anything with it. Less is better from the point of view of uh, really understanding the situation. Actually, there isn't anything to be aware of. Awareness and the, what is arising are not are, are not separate. They're co-emergent. They're they're um, it's a appearance emptiness. And so your question was, can you get rid of? Uh, you you can't get rid of it in the shape that you assume it is. The projection about the anger and the projection about the cause and the projection projection and the projector is a complete uh, lie. It's just not true. So when you see what it is, there isn't anything to get rid of. You're not separate from whatever arises. You're not separate from the sun. You're not separate from the moon. You're not separate from the dirt or the trees or the water. I'm not trying to get particularly romantic. I'm just saying you're just not separate from anything including the anger that arises that was conditionally uh, conditioned by some other situation. <clears throat> you're just there, this emotion arises, and, uh, and you, you're, you, you don't separate yourself from it by saying, by blaming, or by, by blaming yourself, but there I go again, or blaming others. Why do, why do they keep doing that to me? Why do they keep, why, why, why? And, and I can talk use, using relative expression here, I can talk for a long ways around going this way and that way, but fundamentally the insight needs to come from, you, you need to actually be genuine. That's what the way Rinpoche said that when he saw all these, all these people trying to be somebody other than who they were, which was uh, what hippies did in those days. He said, be genuine. What he's kind of saying is just be an ass. Uh, be, be depressed. Be um, mad. Be, be genuine. Be, be this. Actually, be whatever is happening. And actually, along with the extensive mind training that you should be doing, at least his students in those early days were doing a lot of sitting meditation, not just uh, an hour a day, a lot of it. And so that, that training, that awareness, that prioritizing the awareness over what arises in the awareness, prioritizing the awareness over what arises in the awareness, creates, you could say, you could say it this way, creates a situation when something does arise with apparent cause and effect. This causes that, causes that, which of course it does, relatively speaking, but who you actually are is, uh, uh, is not separate from that. So if you're not separate from this and that, then what are you? Not separate. You're neither, neither this nor that. Yes? You wanting to get rid of, be genuine? Well, it's always genuine. Yeah, that's exactly it. Be, go ahead and do that. But we're, we're not doing that. We're adding on to that. We, we want to get rid of it. And then instead of just seeing the desire of wanting to get rid of it, we start to strategize around it. How can I get rid of it? How can I stop it? So go ahead. How can we work with or want to get rid of without trying to correct that? Sit a lot. So you, you basically have made a statement about how difficult it is. And I would say sit more. And there you could say there will be a breakthrough. You could say there, there won't be a breakthrough. There might be not any. There might not be anyone left to even have a breakthrough. You said that uh, you didn't like the expression to just be with it. I don't understand why. You don't understand why I don't like it. 
Did I say that just now? I don't like just be with it. Did I just say it? Then you uh, went into trans transmuting. Maybe I misheard you, but I so the, the transmutation, the, the, the issue with the transmutation, it looks like you're actually going in as an alchemist, you know, and turning uh, um, uh, um, swordfish into gold bullion, and, and it's like that. But there's really nothing that needs to be done with it. We don't need to take something and do something else with it. Now, when I said uh, something else is coming, there's still something uh, waiting in the wings here. That's uh, uh, it's and it's. So I can't come up with the expression in a relative way. I understand it, uh, the way it's showing up, but I, I won't, it won't turn into um, words. So and when something is coming up, notice that you will, notice that you will, whatever comes up is just that. It's called pure appearance. There isn't anything else but that. It's just pure appearance. And then we add on, based on being uh, hung up on relative truth, right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, life and death. We're hung up on it. We believe it. We think it's true. We think there's someone here that's going through these various things. We think that something is occurring. What are you reading? Interesting. But Sanhal from Oklahoma has a question. Okay. He asks, do you ever teach renunciation as a practice to strengthen the awareness? I don't teach it as something that you should do, like to renounce something or give something up. Or, or all, anyone who's in this room anyway, or on the, on the internet uh, that's listening to, to me is, uh, is already working with that in some level. They're already working with things that, that they're, uh, they're working with in terms of their awareness to not do something or not do this. But it's, there's no warfare going on particularly. It's coming out of one's awareness rather than some kind of strategy to be a better person. When Trungpa Rinpoche says be genuine, he, he doesn't, he's not necessarily saying stop being this way and be some other way. He's saying actually be where, where you're at, be who you are, what you are, where you are, as you are. Uh, the Zogchen teachings are pointing this out all the time, the great perfection. What you're looking for is already the case. It seems to happen so quickly when something arises and I don't want it. Um, and then the story, oh, I don't want this, arises. And you, you say, just look at that. Is there anything more to be done then? Probably not anything more to be done other than when something arises spontaneously, like something happens and then anger or irritation arise spontaneously. It looks like it's separate. It looks like this caused that. We get hooked on that, and we think that somebody actually is to blame. We actually think that we are doing something incorrect or wrong, or we need to straighten up, or we need to renounce the world or something. We need to do something about it. And yes, I would say you need to do something. Train your mind. Sit down, hold still. We'll get to know, get to know who this is and what this is. By holding still, we begin to see the way this whole thing that looks like a person it looks like ideas and opinions and memories. It's just all packed together. It's so convincing. Uh, Shane from Texas has a question. He asks, how does identity change from moment to moment, and can that identity be interrupted with awareness to stop the arising of passion, aggression, or ignorance? You don't need to stop the arising of passion, aggression, and ignorance. If that's your project, then and that, that, that may apply on the Hinayana path. And it's even taught that way in some... I'm using this text because I'm 
I'm trying to use the text to say the Buddha when the Buddha says talks about giving up or renouncing or whatever the words there that uh, uh, Bhikkhu Bodhi is using uh, for <laughs> knocking it off. One must forsake. There we go. Forsake. So interesting word. I'm not sure what the Sanskrit word that he translated. And it's not that that wasn't being taught because it was just a a different structure that was happening there with the students, what they were ready to hear and what they weren't ready to hear. What we're looking here is just look at the way in which we're attached to it. And that what, what, what makes it difficult is we tend to think of desire as uh, wanting, wanting something. And we sometimes miss the, the desire of wanting to, to not have particular feelings, that to desire, a desire to be rid of certain things. We don't realize that that's also a desire, desire to have someone act different than they do. Very difficult to receive. Practice on this. You read the word bonding. Mm -hmm. Be bound to or bound by. To our beliefs about the the solidity and the reality of this of this uh, human realm. We we we're bound or we're bonded to. It. We we believe it's true. We be we believe all of the structures around us. It was necessary in ancient times for for beings to leave, leave home. They called it uh, to, to practice. You actually had to leave the whole family situation because if you were there, you would be all tied up in the materiality of that situation. Which is, we need to eat. We need to support our family. We need all of that. But uh, this is why in places uh, like ancient India, someone who was a leaver of home or on a spiritual path, the community would support that person and and help that person because that was so uh, such a powerful thing to do with your life to actually enter the spiritual path and and ask for for help of your fellow human beings who who were uh, who couldn't do that they had to stay with their families and earn a living and so on and we're in this kind of an odd situation where we have to do a little of each. You brought up the here you use the, the, the great perfection. How can our looking for something else be perfect? Well, when you see what it is in its totality, then there there may be something looking. There may be a looking for something else. There may not be. But there's no solid being doing that anymore. There, it's empty of a self and it's empty of other. That's the main. That's the basic uh, mistaken identity. And we have these bodies, and we have this uh, this apparent time and space that's functioning. So we get pretty enamored of that and think this is what's happening. And and uh, Trungpa Rinpoche referred to that as uh, materialism. It's true in scientific materialism, political materialism. It's just it's everywhere. It's just fastening on to phenomena, uh, which is totally unstable from the point of view itself. It might be stable compared to something else, but then we're right back to that that relative delusion, that, that uh, uh, magical appearance. I'm not making that sound. We've had people come here that don't like that sound. Don't you think that's a pretty nice sound? Is there anyone here that doesn't like that sound? Train haters? <laughs> <laughs> there used to be more train more horns, train. and then they got so, train. No train horns, yeah. So questions about this are good because it's a very simple situation. Yes? Earlier you were talking about things moving this way and that, you said we can't depend on that. Is there anything that we can depend on? Probably not, but you don't need to. As, as it has been said before, what is, what is really valuable, what is really 
who you actually are is not threatened by anything because it doesn't it, it doesn't have this kind of manifestation this manifestation is happening through forms but who you actually are hasn't even appeared it's following the forms depending on the forms you're using forms uh you're using sitting meditation you're using forms the structures teachings like this to help uh give a, a container for that is that reflects the the a phenomenological structure of the of time and space and the world and, and and earth and fire and air and water and reflects that whole thing but actually uses it to as a support so we have our uh, sutras we chant the sutras in themselves are just sounds they're empty of uh, actually of empty of, uh, of what they're even pointing at because they're just structures but that one when you start to make that your own that's when you really see what that is and then you may do, you may continue to do it, you may not more. Can we rely too heavily on the forms to support some? Yeah, well, you can, you can do, you can do overdo anything. And just sure. Buddhism is actually called the middle way, not too tight, not too loose. Yes. What does it mean to make a form our own? So uh, you, you may no longer feel like it's something, something else you're doing, you're just not separate from it. So you just do it. It's like coming in and sitting and getting up and walking away and having no idea how long you sat and not even looking at your watch. Uh, so there's different ways that's going to show up, but it's, it's rather than to make it your own in the sense that we're talking about here that I'm endeavoring to talk about is you're no longer separate from it. So then you, you may actually do that and you, that as a, a separate form and you may not, you may, uh, you could say you're, that you're, you're no longer, you're no longer separate from the very thing that you've been, working with or studying or practicing. You're no longer separate from, uh, ultimately, no longer separate from the Buddha. Uh, people around you may not agree with that. They might think you're uh, full of it. They might think you're uh, arrogant. They might they could think anything, any number of things. But it's what's important is your situation. What? Andrew from Grand Rapids. Mm -hmm. He asks, don't we need a desire to practice? Yeah, I'll let that one go. <laughs> so it's not about getting rid of a desire. It's not about being someone else. It's it's being very very aware that you you want something to be different. You want something else, and then the teaching says there really isn't anything else. It's just this. So so if we want something else, then we're there's a, it's a form of ignorance, passion, aggression, and ignorance. We shut down on what is right in front of us and opt for something else. On something else, and then in the past, uh, even in the time of the Buddha, he actually saw that and saw the desire and tried to tor torture himself. There's sculptures, uh, Gandharan sculptures, where they, you can see the ribs showing and everything. The sculptures where he went without eating for you know weeks or months at a time and got very thin and very weak, trying to force himself into some kind of realization about what suffering was, what what sickness, aging, and death, what it really, what, what is that? You can kind of put yourself in that position. He was kind of a, uh, what, was that, what is that called, a megalomaniac? How do you translate that into Sanskrit or Pali? He, he just was very, very intent on finding out, what is this? What is, what is it? And he found out it's dependently arisen. And, it's, and the whole circus is run by passion, aggression, and ignorance. Samsara. So desire, we're not trying to get rid of it, but it's when it's when the fixation becomes really strong. 
So say desire, I, I would like to have, uh, well, today we've been fasting all day, so I've thought several times about eating, eating some food, so there's a little bit of desire there. But it's not, I'm not starving, so just not eating. It's that, that area of, the area of wanting something else, what, I, I guess maybe what I would recommend is look at an area where you're having uh, something that you're habitually trying to stop or get rid of, whatever that may be. Each one have, have your each one of you have your own. You may not see it as it actually is. You may you may be looking at it through the blinders of of uh, uh, of uh, Parikalpata, or the imaginary. You might not really see the dependent origin uh, dependently origin uh, originated nature of that. You might you might see it in its uh, fancier form, where it's mixed up with your imagination about. Who did it? Who caused it? Why it's happening, and all of that. You may have to look at it that way for quite a while before before you can sink into it. I guess before you before you go in and you actually have stopped trying to dog paddle, you're just gonna sink. You're gonna just sink into that. There's a beautiful. There's a movie called The Piano. Have anybody seen that? Really, an incredible scene in there of a piano that's sinking in the water. It looks like just complete surrender. Without the word surrender, which is fraught with preconceptions of some kind of somebody who surrenders. Yes? If we were to actually see what is right in front of us, would the desire for that to be different still arise? The desire could be there. It might be even be stronger, but there, there's no one who's having the desire anymore. So the desire is free to come and go. It's like all the doors are blown off, all the windows are gone, there's barely even any walls or roof, and things just come and go. There isn't anyone there. Uh, it's called the host within the host. The hostess for the mostess. Yes. Um, another question from uh, Sanho. He asks, if you are secretly trying to get rid of wanting to get rid of things, what do we do? If you're secretly trying to... What? Get rid of wanting to get rid of things. I just keep sitting. So it's a mind is very, especially ego is very fishy about willing to go out. Go, the, the ego will go on at the highest spiritual level necessary to, as long as it doesn't get, as long as it gets included. There, ha, we, if you could realize right now that there isn't anyone, you you would see that you're already not separate from the Buddha. We, we kind of kind of trick ourselves somehow so that we continue to stay on this level of. I want it, I don't want it, I should, I should, they should, they shouldn't, I should, I should do this, I shouldn't do that. Go ahead. Is there a shift between being aware of something and just awareness? But there's no shifter. There's no. There's really not even a shift because then there has to be some kind of a witness to that, and there isn't one. You, you would just, uh, that's why it's called awakening, I think. It's, it's, you're actually, uh, you're awake to something, some, to your... You, you're awake or understand something that everyone else is asleep to. And you can see it. You can see that people don't know who they are. And you can, not that I'm such a wonderful, insightful person. I'm not talking about some kind of ability or skill. If that were the case, I would have flunked a long time ago. Like I did in, like I, when I flunked math in third grade. Or was it the fourth grade? Was it fourth grade? Was that when they do long division? No, that's the fifth grade. Yes. Shane has another question. He asks, is the fear of death the root of all suffering? There's something to that. <coughs> death is, that's the, that's kind of the main thing there. Is that's, that's, 
what's going to happen to the, the body? This, this is happening probably sooner here than there, but we don't know. And uh, it's not that you're ignoring that or not that you're okay. Well, I don't care if I ever die. Or it's not, we're not being arrogant about it, but you actually notice that what you actually are, even if the body dies, it happens every night. Actually go to sleep. We drop off body and mind every night. Dogen never tells us that. <laughs> drop off body and mind now, when he says it in Japanese. And so using that example, what does that mean? It's to see that the, that the reality of a mind and the reality of a body is is very conditional. And, and who you actually are is uh, beyond condition. It's just like we coming into the samsara is just like a fly coming to fly paper. You're just stuck for 50, 60, 70 years or whatever. And being beyond conditions still look like we're participating in conditions? Yeah, because even the, even the conditions are, uh, I mean, they're conditional, but they're also not separate. So you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't tell if someone's awake or not. If you think you can, then you're mistaken. Let's have some questions from some other people that haven't asked questions. If you don't mind, I not that I don't thoroughly enjoy show those questions. Michael. A lot of times when I hear you describe um, having an emotion arise without adding or doing mm -hmm. anything with it, I feel a desire to want to do that. And I guess I'm wondering what uh, I can do with that. Mm -hmm. You're doing it. That's how it's done. It's, it's, it's a provisional area, but we have to start somewhere. We have to start with the, the confusion that we have. We have to start with our desires. We have, we have to be there and watch that come and go. Uh, you'll you'll find you're 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 just trying to learn how to roller skate over and over and over, trying to learn. You fall down, get back up, get new different shoes, different wheels, a different floor. I'm just using that because it's kind of a silly metaphor for trying to learn to do something. And then you realize that what 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 this actually is is you're not separate from anything. It doesn't make any difference if you fall over. It just doesn't even roller skating is beyond the question because what. What you awaken to is not separate, and it's uh, and it is uh, it's so extensive that it has no dimensions. Michelle. So, if we find ourselves being confused, is your kind of recommendation just be confused? Pretty much, it's what I do every day. So, what's different? Is there anything? Huh? I don't want to be confused. Are you kidding me? <laughs> hmm? There's no confusionator. <laughs> so. There, there still is someone who's confused, but you, but you see that it's not real. That it's not. That it doesn't matter if it comes or goes. I mean, and this doesn't mean there won't be some difficulty. Or sometimes people, the teachings say that when you, you attain liberation, that all the suffering is gone. And you know, these are provisional teachings. The, the Mahayana path is uh, is about the liberation of all beings, and you can't you can't abandon the suffering of anyone. Any anyone or yourself, if you're practicing this uh, Mahayana path, so so you may you may, as a, <laughs> I can't remember the name of this uh, this Buddhist monk, perhaps uh, one of you run into it sometime. You can write it down. And let me know who it is. But somebody at some point said uh, back in the 15th, 16th century, some Buddhist monk said, "Well, now that I'm enlightened, I'm just as miserable as ever." I've always liked that one because it's uh, oh, fun. Have a couple more minutes. Um, if we're not able to see if someone is awake or confused, what is the magnetism of a, a student to a teacher? Not separate. 
the teacher sees that. I see people that I could help if they, they come this way, but I have no propaganda for anyone. People walk in, sit down in the hojo, and I talk to them for a minute, for a few minutes, and then I watch what they decide to do. They may continue to come. They may leave. Some will actually come and say, I can't be your student anymore. And of course, I'm on, we all are on YouTube all the time. So I'm always thinking about somebody that m might need the kind of uh, support that I have. I only, I'm only able to do so much. But it's, the, it's, it's, a, it's a frequency, it's a resonance. And it, it's not just positive. It's not like, you know, I mean, if it was just positive, I would, wouldn't want anything to do with you, Shoka. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a, it's a resonance that, 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 that is, says not separate, and it, does it doesn't do it just in a, a, a soft, cuddly way. It, it, you actually meet someone's aggression, their passion and aggression and ignorance where it's at. And you don't, you don't uh, make excuses for them. You don't get in the way of their karma, and some people are ready for that. If they're ready for that, then in, in this from this uh, direction, then uh, they might hang around. They might ask for Jukai precepts, and they might want to really continue to do this. But it's not because of anything I'm particularly doing. It's more what I'm not doing. If you meet me and you feel that I'm your teacher, probably what you're experiencing is that I don't correct you. If I do, it's not much. So I don't come in and say, do I? So I don't need to, because if you're around me, you start to look at your own negativity. That's a, I don't know if I can say it in any other way. Some kind of something resonates, and it's different with everyone. The the the, the uh, resonance, like the the example I often use of the drum and the window. You know, that drum, uh, when it's a certain kind of whatever temperature, humidity, or I'm not sure what it is. Sometimes you strike the drum and there's nothing but just the drum. Other times you strike the drum and that window over there rattles. Have you noticed? I'm sure you have. So it's, it's that kind of a, like an invisible quality that resonates. And, and each person would have maybe have a different explanation. Like Kozan would say, I've been trying to get away from this guy. I just can't figure out how to do it. <laughs> She's even raw, went off to Tibet. You went, you went to Tibet and went through, wandered around for a couple of months in the mountains looking for llamas. And all she could find was those big animals with dromedaries. That's all she could find. All the llamas were hiding from her. <laughs> so, you know, each each person here, when I, if I look around, I, you know, I feel a connection with everyone here and anyone who, even someone that calls or contacts me that I've never seen, some of the people on the daily Dharma gathering, uh, I can feel that energy there. But I you know, have to have permission. So it's interesting how that works. Yes, pure appearance. You said if we are around you, we'll start to look at our own confusion. What is it about being around you that makes us look there? I don't know. It seems to, it seems to work, function that way in some way. It was certainly true with my teachers when I was around either one of them. Of course, I'm a lot nicer person than either one of those guys. Coben would run away and hide from you. <laughs> the unusual teacher. And... Uh, Trump Rinpoche would just glare at you. Is practice a situational setup for receiving? Is what? Practice a situational setup for receiving. You mean sitting and practicing? Yeah. yeah you're, you're actually putting in a situation of something that ego doesn't want to do that. But, but ego gets conjoined with the, the thinking process. And we think, well, you know, I really, I really don't care to be unhappy or miserable or suffering or something. So I'm going to... The ego is going to cooperate 
because it kind of the ego self-centered it kind of feels like i'm the one who's going to be enlightened but uh, as chunk Rinpoche, the metaphor he uses and i think it's in cutting through or the ego can't can't witness his own funeral it doesn't realize that it's you aren't going to be here you're not going to be able to witness it. but another way of saying that there isn't anyone to witness it so it isn't like all that sad of a situation there's just no credential involved and yes, you're preparing yourself. It's been said in the tantric tradition that, that uh, the, the, the practice of Buddha Dharma is a preparation for death. If you weren't going to die, then you wouldn't have to prepare you. Eventually, you would just grow up, stop being a little brat. Yes, Michelle. So despite all of that, is there still fear of death? Well, there, there could be, but it's not, it's, not the same, it's not the same kind of terror. It might be more like, oh, I don't want to leave. It might be, or you know, like be like fear of the unknown because you don't, you don't, don't know exactly what it is. But if you sit and look at the at the wall, if you practice, you spend your whole life contemplating this whole idea of impermanence. You have a pretty good idea. You might not know the content, but you but you understand the form and you understand the space in which the form arises. But the content is the personal interpretation of it. It's like a tomato. It's it's a ear of corn from the point of view of vegetables. They don't discriminate. Any final questions? Goes on. The desire to get rid of anger. You've talked some about tantric traditions and wrathful deities. Mm -hmm. And so it seems like that would be getting rid of the brand or the flavor of anger mm -hmm. for use of something like that. So how is that not getting rid of it? I think what happens in that area, if you're working with anger and using a creation completion or deity yoga, that uh, eventually we, we just it becomes depersonalized. We begin to see that it's just energy, and then the personification of the energy of being right or wrong or up or down or back and forth. But peaceful deities, wrathful deities, deities are just manifestations of anger. I mean, manifestations of uh, energy that can appear that way. So it's. I, I, my understanding is that's that's the way that that works. But with the way I talk about it here, I mean, I'm not saying that we couldn't practice in that way at some point. But the way I say uh, talk or teach it here is to sit down and just watch what moves, and you can you can actually see the way the energy develops out of some kind of wanting something to be other, wanting something else. When you see that, then then we begin to start to get glimpses of the of an apparent. Uh, centralized, uh, what uh, Trunk Rinpoche calls a bureaucracy of ego. It's like a bureaucracy. You begin to get glimpses of that and see that that's fishy. It's unreal. <clears throat> so someone using uh, tantric uh, practices to transmute uh, uh, anger into wisdom. Uh, you know, it's just a way of talking about it. It's just energy. You're not going to get rid of anything. seems like if um, the particular type of anger you can feel yourself pulling away from it and going someplace else, but you know that you need to look at it. So sometimes it seems like it would be helpful to have a place to put it and work with that instead of directly. I mean, in terms of those kind of practices? Yeah, or, or anything. No, I think that's probably why they developed, is uh, people doing various kinds of, uh, oh my goodness, there's so many different kinds of practice and practices and meditation and um, trying to get some kind of a what handle on the whole thing and i i feel that uh, you can just do it with your awareness you just have to do a lot of it and, and i've practiced those practices so i'm not just reading a book about it you want to start doing prostrations tomorrow
Nine. More than nine. Yeah. That's that's the Zen. Nine bows. Nine bows. Talking about full full out prostration. Refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, and the Guru. So, 108,000 is the standard. But it's also been said that if you're going to do those, you should do a couple sets of them. A couple sets of 108,000. And then there's, well, you know, whole lots of things. Thank you so much. And I'd like to remind everybody about this Saturday. It's all day. Please come and participate with us if you can. And also the donation boxes in the hallway. We appreciate all of the financial support you can help us. Penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize that without 